Welcome back, folks. This is the Political Goat. I'm your host, Uncle Felix, and uh, we're going to talk about a few things uh, today, uh, namely uh, what happened since the last time uh, uh, we were together. And uh, I signed off, or uh, we signed off air on um, on election night at twelve midnight, and um, things obviously have <laughs> have changed. So we're going to go over that, and then also I'm going to bring on uh, Corey Garabidian, who's going to talk about his this week's. Um, NFL picks versus the spread, then I will, of course, unveil this week's NFL Power 5. So stay tuned. And when I come back, I'm going to bring on the one and only Chris, the tax guy, who's going to help me um, figure out just what, what happened. So should should be fun. Stay tuned. And we're back. And just as I promised, here comes Chris, the tax guy. Chris, how's it going? <laughs> Uncle Felix, happy birthday. Is that is that in order? Yes, it is, actually. The big, nice. the big, the big four, four. Oh, wow. Very nice. And, and, and honestly, and to everyone else, welcome to the 172nd hour of our Election Day coverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? I mean, what the hell happened? We 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 uh we signed off around midnight, and um, and I remember you know saying if this map stays the same, we're looking at a, a Trump W, and then <laughs> obviously everything went wick wacky. 
and we got uh, the media now uh, claiming that um, Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Biden is the winner, um, you know, which is not not technically correct. I mean, Trump faces obviously an uphill battle, um, but I, I think that was irresponsible, I would say, to, to name him that. I mean, they should just say what's going on, that um, the states that are not yet ready to be called, the thing is being contested, nobody's conceded. So I really don't understand why they would uh, come out and, you know, and some are calling uh, Biden uh, president-elect. Um, but what, well, what, are you, what are your thoughts anyway? Well, well, as far as the, do I think Biden has this in the lock and I think it's a pretty done deal at this point? Yeah, I hate to say it. I think I think the, the Trump days are over. Um, and, and I think, you know, I'm interested to see where these court cases go and if there's anything that's really unearthed as far as evidence to suggest that there was any type of vote tampering. But as far as why the media would call it early, they were calling this thing about, I don't know, six, seven months ago. So the notion that they called it now after the, you know, the that, that's true. They, you know, they've been calling and, it for Joe Biden even, for almost a year. I know even me on, on my show a few months ago, I actually said this was going to happen. It's going to be heading to the courts. And the reason I was saying that is because uh, Biden had uh he had um, hired like 600 lawyers over over the summer, um, preparing himself for this. And they, you know, he fanned them out across the uh, across the country. And one of the places they went to was Pennsylvania, and they were looking to to change the Pennsylvania voting laws there. And what they did, and they were successful in doing so. I mean, it wasn't constitutional, um, and th- that that's one of the things. Uh, you know the the Trump lawyers are going to go to battle with, but they they changed uh, the. Um, the voting process there and where they now were allowing signatures that um, didn't have to be verified addresses didn't have to be verified. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, the uh, uh, post dated didn't have to be verified. Uh, I know that tr- the, the Trump administration fought against that. Um, they went to court and, and that's where John Roberts actually dropped the ball. He allowed it and he shouldn't have allowed it because the second, and I don't want to say John Roberts by himself, but he was the deciding vote is what I should say. Um, but the uh, the Constitution is clear in Article 2 that it's the state legislators, legislators that, that do the um, that can make up or change the voting process. And and that's why we had Judge Leto put out the order to Pennsylvania twice now. He did it before Election uh, Day where he 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 asked them to separate the votes that were not post dated. Um, and they did not, and then he issued it again the Friday after the election to do the same. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see where that falls. I mean, uh, and so uh, it's not just Pennsylvania that's a mess. I mean, there's allegations, obviously, in Michigan, Nevada, uh, even Georgia. Um, and Arizona, obviously, was called way too early. I did note, I did see that CNN actually took Arizona down from the um, from the Biden uh, section uh earlier yesterday either yesterday or early today i don't i don't remember um because arizona is very close they still have i think seventy thousand ballots to count and trump is down 10 or 15 but he's been winning these drop-off ballots at an 89 percent clip and so if he continues that he'll actually take arizona Um, yeah it's going to come down to the wire i mean like i said arizona i knew was going to be close Mm -hmm. it shouldn't have been as close as it is it is regardless of who the winner is i think what 
you know, what you're seeing in Arizona, and this is just from talking to people in the, you know, in the community, um, what you're seeing a lot of is that he, unfortunately, Trump made a, a grave error in dealing with Arizona. And that was he shit on John McCain. St. John is like an anointed uh, yeah. deity. I, I mean, you just don't do that. See, this, this, this is the unpolished part of uh, President Trump. Because do I think he should have shit on John McCain? Personally, yes, because John McCain shit all over him. Uh, but politically, you're right. You you can't yeah. do that. You can't do that. And that that that's where he hurts himself with his um his uh how would I say like uh his green or uh, his newbie being him being new to politics basically. It's not new to politics. He, the, listen, Trump has always been a little bit of a uncouth bully. You know, and, yeah, you're right. The, the better word would be to say that him not willing to play politics, I guess. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he, he doesn't look, he doesn't have the, if I'm going to say this today, it's going to bite me in the ass tomorrow mentality. Yeah. He's, you know, a typical business guy related. Like, he's just going to say what he needs to say, and and it doesn't really matter how many feathers get ruffled. He's just, he's just that way. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that I think that really does hurt him in Arizona. Um, I think that in, you know, let's even take a step back. We're talking about these mail-in ballots. You know, when you think about the mail-in ballots, you, you're thinking about people that are a couple things you, you can uh, address with that. I'm talking about the new add-on ballots, like COVID-related mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. A lot of those people that are sitting at home, whether they were Republican or Democrat, if they're sitting at home and they're mailing it in because of fear of COVID, Two things automatically go through. A, that they might end up being in a protected age group, which means Social Security is a high uh, agenda item, and or their medical benefits are a high agenda item. And second is, is the COVID itself or the COVID condition. And as a sitting president, whether or not you thought he handled it well, we're still dealing with it. He gets the blame. He gets the blame regardless of whether or not he did the best job he could have done or he could have handled it better. It's still in the shit show. And he's going to get the blame as a sitting president. It's kind of like anything else that goes wrong under that presidency. They're going to get bear the uh, blunt of that blame. So I think people sitting at home, COVID's a number big issue. Healthcare is an issue. So they're going to end up attacking the president on that. So you're going to see the people that are going to vote more Biden. I don't think what we're seeing in the states. I don't think the the numbers we're seeing coming in, for me, from a statistical standpoint, make a huge. Uh, nothing is red flagging to me. And in fact, when you look at the total popular vote, he's actually won more of a percentage of the popular vote this term than he did in the two thousand. Yeah, first, first time around, he got sixty-three million, I believe, and he, he jumped all the way up to seventy-one million. No, I'm talking uh, about a percentage of, of votes cast. So he was at forty-six point one, I think. Well, it's got to be close it, because I know the difference between the two is still about four million. Hmm. Um, so it's, but he picked up like a percent and a half almost over 2016. No, he did well. He 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 outperformed himself. See, I, I'm going to disagree with you on the, um, uh, you know, because I, I do see some irre- 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 irregularities, <laughs> and that being in that if you look at, uh, let's say if you go like down the ballot, um, obviously you know Trump as of now is losing, uh, but the Republicans have flipped nine seats in the house mm-hmm. uh, for a net gain of six. And there's still 12 more seats. There's still, uh, I think 12 or 15 more seats up for grabs. And so, and 
the way I was I was looking at the map, they can realistically have a shot of uh, gaining at least another six seats. Um, so that that doesn't drive, you know, because usually, you know, the top of the ticket carries the bottom of the ticket. And so that doesn't drive there. And then we're looking at places like um, Wisconsin, who, who had uh, 90% show up to vote. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, so I, I will give you that. So there are some areas where I will take a step back and say, it, it looks a little weird. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and that's where I think that, the, and that's where I think having the litigation, having the, the court option is, is important. I think you need to have some evidence. I think, you know, it's kind of like everything else. I, you know, yeah. and, and, past, I've always said, let's wait to see what the court comes out with. And, and I'm kind of doing that here too, is saying, well, exactly. And, you and, know, and, let's see what the courts come back with and say, if these, if this is really bogus or if it, you know, I, I do think 90% voter turnout in Wisconsin is insane. I, yeah. And then, I don't think it, that I don't know. It might have broken a record. <laughs> and and I and I do think that you know everybody should take that approach. Is wait and see because obviously I I don't know what's going to come of it. I have a good feeling just because you know the way the summer was going and the, the way Democrats are going into court and looking to change certain rules. Like there there is there's nothing positive that can come out of, in my opinion, saying we're gonna we're gonna eliminate or reduce the amount of um, uh, signature verification. Um, they got rid of it in Pennsylvania and in Nevada. Um, I was just reading how they, I guess it's a machine that scans them. And so they lowered the requirement to where I think it's like 80% on the signature verification to 40%. So almost letting anything go by. Um, again, why do that? Why take away safeguards? You, you know, especially when you're increasing the amount of, uh, you know, uh, voting by mail, you would think you would lift this, you would um, raise the safeguards, but you know, but to, and to lower them, it doesn't make any sense. Other I mean, than the argument of pass the smell test, they want to ensure that everyone has an opportunity to vote in the process. Now, again, we get a whole day on whether or not everyone really should have the right to vote, but that's a whole different game the way our system is set up everyone of, of lawful age can so you know the reality is that here's my concerns and here's some of my concerns with things like wisconsin and michigan and some of the states that are close um uh some of the areas like like pennsylvania you have a lot of people and especially in in wisconsin and michigan and i can tell you even now being here in arizona this is a great snowbird location so that means people live half their time in, in Arizona, the other half their time in Michigan, Wisconsin, Illinois, and some of the states. Now, it's not going to matter um, if you're in, already in a swing state, but if you're an Illinois voter and you're living here in Arizona and all of a sudden you want to change your voter registration to Arizona, even though you may not technically meet the requirements, mm -hmm. then you start to say, all right, wait a minute, does that account for the new voter turnout? Uh, anyone who lives in California that has a summer home here on the lake, Mm -hmm. uh, anyone who lives in a northern climate that comes out. So when you start seeing these close elections in places that people could have summer homes, you start to wonder, eh, let's say lower <laughs> thresholds. And I, I mean, th then you start to wonder, okay, maybe that is. But then I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to go on QAnon now and, and, and start, you know, uh, talking about flat earth. But, you know, the, the, the conspiracy theories could literally be never ending. What I'd like to see is, you know, I think in part of a greater conversation is beyond even what we're dealing with right now. Where the hell is it that in, in, a, in a country as uh, sophisticated with the technological advancements we have, Pompas, smartphones, 
that we're still antiquated in our ability to maintain personal records to figure out voter uh, integrity. Well, yeah, and, and again, yeah, it's, 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 it's government bureaucracy, you know, and, you know, that's why we always see the private sector out, out accomplish the, the public sector. Um, I mean, everything they, they touch is, is horrible. I mean, how, how is it that they're still counting ballots in, in Arizona? That's insane. You know, I mean, the, well, the, it's the because was they, literally a week ago. It's and, because and they, they brought over the sloths that were counting in Nevada, and now they're <laughs> counting here in Arizona, of course. They're the only ones that want to work for that wage. Yeah, I mean, what what I'm hoping is that after all this, you know, something good can come of it, and uh, that definitely has to be some type of voter reform. Um, I understand each state obviously is responsible for their own um, set of rules, but it has there has to be something has to be done to for where the citizenry can have confidence in a proper election. I mean. Um, because with all the and they're all allegations just now, it's going to take a few days, obviously, for us to hear um, all the evidence, and you know we'll see if they're BS or not. You know what I mean? But but um, we have to, in my opinion, make it more secure. Um, to me, I I love voter ID. I don't I don't buy that it suppresses votes. That that's a total uh, BS thing. And and I don't and I don't like and. I'm not a fan either of the, the mail-in ballots. I'm fine with absentee ballots. If you can't make it and you request one, that's fine. But I don't like this, let's mail a ballot out to every registered voter out there. That just invites voter fraud to me. Because basically, if you can't take the time to request one, then, you know what I mean, when you know you're not going to be there, then then too bad. Either either show up and vote or or um, or request one. And, 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 and again, I mean, absentee ballots for years have been used. and it, Yeah, they're fine. Yeah, to no problem at all. I mean, especially it, it works great for our, our men and women in the armed forces to be able yeah. to vote when they're – I mean, this is an important part of our process. You know, so having that available, as well as people that are maybe housebound, that can't get out, you know, you want to make sure that they have their, their voices heard too. I think the, the, the use of COVID fear to – push from this these these relaxed regulations in mailing ballot. That's I, I do have a concern with that. I also have a concern because I think, you know, while I agree that the states have to um, legislate their own, you know, voting process, I think keeping a central database of pertinent key metrics on an individual isn't far fetched to be able to do on a central level for a, a federal level. Mm-hmm. You know, from the get-go, you're issued a social security number. You know that's kept with the the, the federal government in one department. The the you got a passport with a passport ID number from another department. So you have a federal ID potentially. You have federal IDs for for men and women and veterans uh, associations. You have your, your veterans ID number. You have your uh, indoor service employee ID number. You have all of these key metrics that you you basically keep with with you your entire life. And some of the things that change are like death, birth, moving, address changes. So having a centralized database to keep some of those key metrics, what it would do is prevent. So if I'm moving from Rhode Island to Arizona or right before I go to vote, you know, if I am a snowbird or or I was traveling between the states and I'm registered to vote in two different states, they've got to be able to to have a way to to kind of uh, mirror that to see is there a dual voting record here? Is this the same individual voting twice? Mm-hmm. You know, 
use the unique identifiers that the social security number provides and actually be able to see is this person registered to vote in more than one district county state and in this way you're assuring one voice one one vote one person one vote but you're doing it in a way where the states can now use this you know external resource that the federal government could easily provide it's going to increase voter integrity i mean there's a lot of ways to do that and they could safeguard the shit out of it i mean you know at Britain, <laughs> they could and, and, that, and that's that's what baffles me is, is why isn't that being done and, and the only answer i come to is because you know some people would like the room <laughs> to finagle some numbers you, you know what i mean because again like you said uh and also clean up the tolls how many dead people you know i, I every time i go vote when they open up the book there i see my dad's name on there who's been passed away for 21 years he still gets mail here you know what i mean um asking about voting stuff and things like that it's like why why is he still on there you well know? i told you i showed you where i'm still listed as active uh, voter in Rhode Island. Yeah, and I actually got a message on my Facebook account the other day. Somebody was telling me that their 17-year-old their son received a ballot. You know what I mean? And, and he doesn't turn 18 till next year. Yeah. So, again, like, it, this is, it's insanity. I mean, this is supposed to be what separates us from from all the other countries is, uh, you know, our, our voting system and things like that. And then, that you know, that brings me to the other thing with the whole... Um, you know, president-elect title that they've already they've already put on him. I, I don't think I thought I think that's irresponsible. Uh, just because we're still we have a process to go through, and you know, as you know, it's not the media who ordains the uh, <laughs> the next guy, uh, the president of the United States. Especially when when Trump hasn't conceded. It's one thing if you know we had all this and then Trump said, "Hey, you know, congratulations, I concede." Okay, now now that would make Biden the president-elect because there's nothing being um, uh, 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 contested. But that's not the case. We have a process. Um, I think it's, I believe it's not until December 14th anyway that the, elect the electoral colleges actually uh, place their votes. So mm -hmm. I don't understand. I, you know, what I do understand actually. I, in my opinion, they're doing this to almost force their hand or or pressure, I should say. Uh, the courts, um, because they're going to say, well, this guy's already been named uh, president-elect. He's starting to conduct himself as the president. I mean, he's weighing in on things already. Yeah. You know, yeah, he already has a short list for his cabinet appointment. Yeah, he's already he's got the old coronavirus task force. And then, and I and I heard he was actually looking to get updated on the foreign affairs with the, with the with the intelligence agencies, but they actually turned him down because technically, you he's know, he, he doesn't deserve it yet. But yet, you know, they're still carrying themselves that way. And I, yeah. and I do believe that's by design to pressure the courts. You know, you know, it's going to be tougher for them to say, hey, let's take this away from him. You know what I mean? Since he's already acting that way. But, yeah. you know, as we all know, back in 2000, you know, it was up in the air. You know, uh, Al Gore thought he was the president for like 30 days, 37 days you know, yeah. before, before that switched. But um, here's, here's the map and how it looks for, as of right now. Um. I'm not sure why they haven't called Alaska yet. Uh, Arizona, as we said, is close. Um, Georgia is very close. North Carolina um, is is not close, and I'm not sure why they haven't called. I, I should say I wasn't sure to why they haven't called it, but now they're saying I guess there's a lot of um, uh, ballots that haven't been opened yet, and they believe those would be uh, favor the Democrats. So let's not be surprised if they find you know 200,000 Biden votes there, <laughs> as they did in Pennsylvania. You know. 
he was up 700,000 votes with, and all they had left was mail-in ballots. I think 1.1 million left and somehow now he's down 50 grand. I, again, I'm not, I'm not buying it, <laughs> but, but they'll, they'll, they'll look into it. And I, and I, and I do have confidence in the process um, of them looking into it anyway. We'll, we'll see what happens when it, if, and it, if it gets to the Supreme court at all, um, it's going to be, it's going to make for a very uh, interesting few days. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I also think that they need to definitely, I, I mean, the states should definitely have similar rules with regards to what constitutes a, a valid ballot in your state. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think if they want to monkey around with the local elections, that's fine. But when you're talking about a federal position and you're looking at the, the votes going to what, you know, granted, I guess you're technically voting the to dictate to the electors, which is also state related. I mean, that's how like, pretty much the Republic works. But in that sense, though, you still know that you're, what you're casting your vote for is, is you're get, putting your representation for president. That should probably have a streamlined, fixed guideline as to what constitutes, you know, legitimate value in your state. I, I mean, um, and I think you need to have something to prove yourself beyond the, no, you can take my word for it. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's amazing, like you were saying earlier, with the technology we have now, that it's all these things aren't implemented and and, and these safeguards put in. And again, uh, uh, I think it's because for one reason it leaves room for shenanigans. You know what I mean? And and I and I do believe we've seen shenanigans here, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how how that plays out. But Chris, let me. Um, pause for a commercial break and when I come back we got another guest coming on and we're going to talk some football one moment while I pay the bills here here we go And we're back. And I'm going to bring on uh, Corey Garabidian, who started out last week with us. He's doing a new segment with me uh, every week. He's going to be giving, he's going to be picking points against the spread. Uh, last week he went one and two. Um, he won the New, his New Orleans bet. He lost the Indianapolis bet. And I believe, I forget what the other game was. Oh, I don't have it here in front of me. So how much funny money does he have left? He has eight point six k left. He started off with ten grand. He's down to eight point six. He's he's got his three picks in for um for this week here. So we're gonna see how he did. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a Seattle Bill Seattle versus the Bills game, which I don't believe anybody saw coming. The Bills put a beating on Seattle, and and uh so that 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 was a shocker. So I'll cut him some slack on that one. But let me let me bring him on real quick. Corey Betts, I like it. <laughs> What's up, fellas? How we doing today? Very good, very good. Before we get into your segment, I'm gonna give my, I'm gonna go through my NFL Power Five here. Let's get it. And, and I know you guys 
are anticipating who's number one. Who could it be? Boom, the there they are, folks. The, the Pittsburgh Jets. Steelers sitting on top of the world at 8 and 0. I mean, they, they escaped by the hair, their chinny chin chin. Yeah, they uh, did. <laughs> Sunday there against Dallas. And uh, with a 24 to 19 win, I mean, that thing looked scary uh, for a little bit. Big Ben threw three touchdown passes, no picks. And the one one thing I come away with that game is Mason Rudolph stinks. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they need to get rid of that guy. He's not the answer for when Ben finally decides to hang it up. Um, you know, send him back. And I'd rather see Hobbs come in as a backup or even let's bring back the duck. But Ma- Mason Rudolph, he, he sucks. I'm sorry. And um, I'm not buying it. He, he needs to go. Number two, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, McComey again threw another four touchdown passes, threw for 372 yards. And, you know, they had no running game, no problem, because he, he went berserk. And they beat the Panthers 33-31. to 31. Uh, Number three, I got the Bills, who, who did – you know what? I got the wrong picture up there for my power ranking. Here it is. It should be this one. Number three, I got the Bills. Mm-hmm who uh, are at 7-2. and two. And, again, they put the beating on Seattle. I know Corey Betts didn't see that coming. 44-34. Josh Allen, three touchdowns, no picks. Threw for 415 yards. I mean, he had an insane game, but we all know Seattle is hurting in the defense department, that's for sure. And they were definitely exposed. Um, number four, I got the Green Bay Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers just keeps chugging along. He threw another four touchdowns, no picks. Uh Devontae Adams, 173 yards receiving. I mean, they, they look tough. Uh, and number five, I'm going to put the Saints. Um, and, you know, they blew out Tampa Bay. I thought that was going to be a good game, Breeze versus Brady. And <laughs> Breeze showed up. He threw four touchdowns. Brady showed up, too, but he threw three picks. <laughs> so so, so, uh, so that, that did not look good for Tampa. My two honorable mentions, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. And that rounds off my NFL top five. So that being said, let's get to Corey Betts. Felix. You got 8.6K in the bank here. Yo. So let's, you're sitting at one and two. So let's see what you it's got. time to bounce back. Yes, sir. Quick and... thing, though, Felix. I got a couple things for you real yep. quick. One, Mason Rudolph, man. I mean, he's a Trump supporter. I thought you would have his back. <laughs> he I is a bum, though. I didn't know that. I may have to re- renege oh, on my Go over his Twitter, man. Yeah, he's all up for Trump, so. <laughs> all right, so I take it back. Rudolph is a good guy. <laughs> oh, he stinks. He yeah, all he's all done, man. He's not a good quarterback, but good judge of character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say another thing, too, with um, Josh Allen. I went against him in fantasy football. Yeah, he tore me up, man. You're right. Nobody saw that one coming. No, not, not like that. I mean, he, you know, good for the Bills. I, I, I like to see them win because they've been so down for so long. I mean, nah. you know, that franchise. I mean, you know, after losing four straight Super Bowls, those were the glory days. Yeah, <laughs> those were their glory days. Now they've been awful, but you know, I, I do. Well, actually, I take it back. I was gonna say they shouldn't run away with the East, but you know, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah, look Dolphins looking there. good, man. You know, I told you at first. I, I was questioning their move of. Uh, you know, benching fits magic. I'm like, the guy's playing pretty good. Why would they bench him? But Tua is playing insane. Tua project in effect. Yep, yep. But let, let, let's go to your picks for this week. Let's go. Here are the games. All right. Let, let's hear it. All right. Well, first off, I'm going to say, Chris, I like your shirt. You go Patriots all day. So Uh-oh. get that on the table. <laughs> first off, we got Tampa Bay. I know last week, um, 
they kind of got the beat. And like you said, uh, Tom Brady, he showed up, but he showed up with three in toes. Antonio Brown, I mean, he made that one good catch. They were down 30, but they still got a long way to go, I think, you know, getting the pieces together, the players uh, coming together and getting in sync. But I think, you know, they only put up three points last week, so I'm going with the spread with Tampa Bay. I know it opened up, I think, at five. It's going down now a lot by four and a half, four. Um, I want to go all the way down to three, two. Wherever it goes to, I want the last point because Tampa Bay is going to blow this team out the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carolina's coming off uh, – uh, they 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 fought hard against Kansas City. To be honest, I thought they were going to win that game, Felix. To be honest, yeah. Christian McCaffrey back, Teddy Bridgewater. Game, yeah. yeah, so um, I think they kind of regress a little bit. I think they kind of reached their glory last week with McCaffrey back. So I think Tampa Bay is coming, f- uh, you know, guns blazing. I think they want to show the world something, you know, because mm. like you said, they were in your Power Five two three weeks in a row now. So yeah, um, they they're going to have to show it. So I'm going to put three K on Tampa Bay this week. They're going to be my biggest bet of the week. Try and get mm-hmm. this money back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I got Uncle Felix taking juice on me, too, on the low. So I got to kind of take right. my shot. So. Got to take the juice. <laughs> you see that, Chris? The birthday boy, man, he's getting a little <laughs> taking the juice. So, so what, do you, what do you got in that Cleveland tennis Texans game? This is a wild one for me. I know Texans. I love Deshaun Watson. You know, um, he's They're just a stud. Better. They're much better than their record shows. Right, right. So, but Cleveland, I know they were in your admirable mention about two weeks ago, I think, before yeah. they played the Raiders. They dropped one to the Raiders. I think they only put up six points. So, I'm definitely I'm betting on the bounce back. Um, it should be a close one. Again, I think the spread's at three, uh, open up at like a two and a half. So, I'm going to take Cleveland minus three at home. I think Bacon and the boys get it done without Odell. Um, they still have weapons. They have Kareem Hunt. Um so I'm definitely going to be watching this one. This is going to be a good one. But Cleveland Browns, I think, is in a bounce-back situation. Like I said, only dropping six points last week. So mm-hmm. I'm going to drop 2K on, on 1K. 1K on these 1K. guys. All yeah, right. Yeah. And, and then the Vikings versus the Bears. This should be a good one. This is a division game, um, as we know, up in the NFC North, I believe. Yeah. Um, so any, any division game is a tough game. I know Vikings opened up, at, I think, Actually, the Bears were opened up as the favorites. I think were two and a half, but now it's a big swing to the Minnesota side. I think it's minus three. So there's some type of confusion, something I don't trust with this line. Um, at home, the Bears are coming off a two-losing game streak. Uh, the Vikings are coming off a two-winning game streak. Um, I, I don't buy Kirk Cousins. I, I don't buy all the hype what's going on in Minnesota right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. – I think – what's this game on a Monday night, Sunday night? It's a prime game. I think so. Yeah, so – I'm going to go with the underdog in this spot. Um, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears. I'm um, taking the points plus the money line to win the game. But the points is a safe bet. Um, when a team, NFL team, they, they're on a losing streak. They're supposed to be good. Um, you always expect some type of uh, bounce back. So yeah. um, that's, yeah. that's going to be my bet for 2K. From, from the beginning with the Bears, I mean, they started off actually pretty good. And I from the beginning, mm-hmm. I'll say I'm just not buying what they're selling. <laughs> I've waiting for, been waiting for them to come back to earth. And it, and it seems like they did, but um. So the, so you got Tampa Bay, the 3K. Browns, and the Bears. How much? How much for the Bears game? Sorry. Bears do two K. Okay. Yeah, we gotta get our money back, Chris. So you know, <laughs> somehow, man. I'll tell you what. I'm not putting any money on the Patriots. No. Oh man. I'm not doing that. I, no. I, do I, I thought for sure they were gonna lose that when they were down twenty to ten. I'm like, this game's over. Then somebody must have tapped the Jets on the shoulder, reminded them that they were the Jets, and then they they just fell they just fell apart. 
Well, I, so here's my takeaway on the, on the Patriots. So, what, two games you had uh, Cam that, that, that was literally down to the last-minute drive. They could have won it. They, they did that against Seattle. They did that again. Uh, I forget what it was. Against Buffalo. Against Buffalo. Yeah, he fumbled. They were set to either take the lead or tie the game, I think. Take the yeah, lead. Tie or win. But, like, so you're talking about games that, that are coming right down to the wire, games that – you arguably would have thought they had no shot at. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to say that they, they're going to be scrubbed out here, but at this point, I think that the best thing the Patriots can do is, is win a uh, actually have a winning season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make a big splash. If they end up get a winning season, I think they'll, it'll, it'll end admirably. Yeah. Well, the, the Patriots, in my opinion, are similar to the Texans. They're better than their record shows. Uh, so what, what are they now, 3-5 and five or 3-6? Three and six? Um, Three and five. Three and five. Well, one thing I want to say about the Patriots is too that offense last night was just Cam Newton and uh, Bird, I believe, the wide receiver. Yeah. Um, it was just them too. Yeah. Going forward, I mean, every game is based on the spread. I mean, there were ten point uh, favorites. Patriots <laughs> never beat nobody by no ten points. I feel like since Brady days. No. But you know, like I said, the week before that, they were underdogs by four and a half. They came, they almost won the game. They covered. So I feel like teams play depending on the spread. That's just me. If you're coming into a game as an underdog and you're like a top team, you're going to play with a little edge. I feel like if you're such a big, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were 14-point dogs as uh, favorites. Yes. Almost lost. Yeah. You know, but they won by six points. So, you know, it was at Dallas too. So every team plays I guess on the spread, they got all week to know, like, hey, listen, Vegas said we'll lose by 14 points. Yeah, right. You know, so I think it's a mental thing with a lot of these teams. I could be wrong, but just looking at these games, yeah. Patriots I moving can, forward. I definitely see overconfidence playing a factor, and that, yeah. that, that's where the coaches come into play. you got to keep right. the players grounded. You know what I mean, sometimes you read your own press clippings, you start to believe them, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's, that, I mean, that's, that's never good. But the, uh, the Jets, I mean, 0-8. Joe Flacco. Do do they have a realistic chance at running the table in reverse? Who's that? Who are you talking the about? Jets? The Jets? No, they're all done. No, no, I'm saying no, I'm saying run to the table in reverse and go 0 and 16. Oh, I believe so. Yeah, I'll put money <laughs> on that bet. Um <laughs> the Jets, man, I mean, they got Joe Flacco. He's he's the next surgery away from ending his career. Um, I mean, he did look I mean, you go against the Patriots, you're gonna look like an all-star team, man. It's sad to say as a Patriots fan, Chris. You know what I mean? But yeah. You know, like you said, uh, Felix, it's about the coaching. Um, who they have? Adam Gase there. I've heard a lot of bad things about Gase as a coach, so uh, I'm not buying it. I don't. Who else is a bad team in this league? The Jaguars? Do they play the Jaguars this year? I don't know. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Even still, even still, Jaguars I think have weapons. I would take the Jaguars. This is my underdog pick for the week: is the Jaguars plus 14 against the Packers. Uh, it's just a big spread. I think, you know, when you're 0 18, you know, every week you're trying to get a win. You're playing with all your heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, so, a, tough, that's a tough one because the Packers, I mean, that offense, they look like juggernauts, man. Exactly. But you come into the game with that kind of point spread, you know, it kind of suppresses the team a little bit, you know. So yeah. the refs get involved, you know, a lot of money on the table with these games. So, you know, you can watch a little bit here and there. But this week's a big bounce back, my. This week's a big bounce back for the NFL. Um, so that Brady. What's that Brady and Breeze um, touchdown thing now? Is Breeze up a lot? Uh, I know it's close. You figure he threw, I think he threw four. Three, 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 or zero. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he, he was already up, right? <laughs> close. He sh- yeah, close. Yeah, he should be up. Um, yeah. That's what I mean. Brady's going to come out. He's going to throw probably 10 touchdown passes Sunday. You know, that's just Brady for you, Chris. You know how he operates. Oh, yeah. You well, know. He's so, so, on his back. Uh, 
the good news for the the good news for the Jets. The Jets are actually 0-9, not 0-8. They're 0-9. <laughs> so they so they're more than halfway to the promised land, I guess. And, and um let's take a look at who are they, they gonna come back after the bye? Huh? <laughs> are they thinking about the show up after the bye? <laughs> are they just gonna be like, you know what? This, COVID. This, might the, this might be the first time that bye week gets a win. <laughs> so, they're just gonna meet us at the draft. They'll be like, all right, we'll, we'll see you at draft day. They're playing the Chargers uh, at, at, at the Chargers. And, you know, their rookie quarterback there has been playing pretty good. Um, so they're, they're kind of excited there. So I, I, I don't see them winning that game. Nope. Miami's been playing well. Uh, Raiders are a good team. Raiders That's got them. You know, then they got Seattle. They're not going to win that game. Nope. Then they got the Rams. Lost. Then they got Cleveland. Yeah, Cle- lost. You know, Cleveland might be playing for a playoff spot that late in the season. And also, then then they finish the season with the Patriots. So they're, they're, it's very possible that we might see them run the table in reverse. And I got to say, that's impressive. You know what I mean? It's consistency. You know? <laughs> it is very consistent you know I mean? with the New week, York Jets. Week after week, showing up not prepared for a game. You know what I mean? That That's... that's I don't amazing. understand how a franchise had number one picks, top five picks for the past 10 years. And you... I mean, holy moly. Like... I don't know, man. What are you going to do? And they, they pretty much admitted to uh, skunking out on that Le'Veon Belcher, you know. Uh, sign oh, they messed up big time with that. Gone. Yeah, they did. They both both parties did. Le'Veon should never go on there, and the Jets should never offer them what they did. Well, I don't blame Le'Veon at all for taking that kind of pay, so. No. But, no. He's, but you're right, but though. I mean, it, he's was, a... it, it wasn't that much off from what the Steelers were offering him. You know what I mean? Oh, it was a few million dollars see? off. He, he should have stayed. stayed. He could have stayed and then, you know, competing for playoffs and championships every year. And then you go, you know, you go to the Jets. Jets have nothing over there. No. Yeah, but no. it is what it is. But but thanks, Corey. Um, hey, it's a pleasure, man. We'll we'll, uh, we'll uh, be following you here. And if not, I'll be sending my guys to collect the juice. <laughs> hey, drinks on me this weekend, all right? After this, I'm, we're going to be up this weekend, fellas. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, Take sir. Take some shots for. Hey, happy birthday, Felix. God bless, man. Thank Enjoy you, the day. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Chris, man. Take care. Take it easy. And that was Corey's picks, and I think he's gonna do pretty well. I'm not buying the Bears though. I, that that one I think will be tough. Um, but that being said, Chris, any final thoughts on um, or any predictions I should say this week? What's gonna go on in the political world? Not really. I, I mean, you're going to obviously see more results coming in. I think, you know, the only thing I I, I guess I, I'm really hoping that someone just tells everyone to shut up about the, the let's come together in unity. <laughs> I think like, like four years ago, you guys basically attacked every single thing for four straight years. You just did nothing but cry like a bunch of wine babies. You, you know, you, you literally done everything in your power to vilify and demonize every single thing you, you run Trump through the mud and now you gotta like be like oh you wanted you got what you wanted and you're like oh well, I think we need to come together as a company oh, yeah yeah I mean, that, that's my answer to that exactly <laughs> and I think it's pretty safe to say you know let, let's say Trump goes on you know and everything goes his way and he be you know he stays right where he is do you think for one second 
Those oh, guys yeah. are going to be calling for unity. They'll be calling for Trump's head is what they're going to be calling. Yeah, I think we should all, and that's exactly when everyone else should be like, no, no, let's, let's hug it out. We're all good. <laughs> We're all on people. Like, you yeah, know, all, all those stores that took down those, those uh, plywood, you know, from their yeah, windows yeah. because Biden won, they'll be putting them right back up. No, sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing. So I, do I think the country needs to come together on things? Yeah, I think we need to get back to being able to discuss issues. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we need to uh, be able to actually, like, I don't know, read a book before we post shit on social media. I think we need to actually learn, like, from both sides of, of an argument and actually discuss an issue rather than just. Well, like, that's the thing. We're, we're, not, we're, we're, we're not even discussing issues anymore. No, I know. It's just hate. You know what I mean? It, it's all it's all rhetoric. It's all about race. Uh, all about isms, all about feelings. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. did you, I'm sure you saw uh, the guy there. I forget if he's on CNN or MSNBC, one of those liberal hack networks. Van Jones, he was crying like a woman on the, <laughs> on, the on the show. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I, I missed it. I mean, he was sobbing like a baby, and he was saying he could finally tell his kid that character matters now because Joe Biden won. I mean, uh, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? And, I, I don't know. I think this country is so thirsty for a real news network that just reports the news. You right. Know I mean? Tell it how it is. Tell it how it is. You know, it, you know, like like Fox doesn't live up to that, but I like this slogan. Uh, we report it or you decide or whatever it is, something like that. It, so- mm. it sounds great, although they don't live up to that either. You know what I mean? But but that's what we need, you know, is is straight up reporting. And, you know, all these other, you know, edit, you know, editorial shows, that's fine. You know I mean? It's cool to hear people's opinions. Um, but the, but the actual shows that label themselves and call themselves journalists, it'd be beautiful just to sit there and listen to the news, you know what I mean? Without any, you know, red partisan rhetoric being added to it. But I think if you're going to have a, a news, like a, an opinion column type segment, like, I mean, that's what this is. I mean, this is, that's what you're doing right now. Yeah. Exactly. The entire like you know forty five plus minute uh, opinion column, have it, but have it on a, a a different network. Have it on like a you know a dedicated you know uh, I don't know call it politics channel where where all it is just a bunch of different people talking about their opinions on things and not trying to to disguise it like we're reporting news. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like literally, have it be a discussion. Have it be a an open forum. Have it you know whatever format they want to use, but stop trying to do it as a news uh, uh, programming because that's the difference is when you're saying someone's a, when you're giving someone your opinion, you're not actually showing them what the actual situation is. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't ever give you context for something. Mm-hmm. They just read a, a byline. And I'm really tired on top of that about the news when they look at something going viral that could have absolutely no base other than the fact that it went viral so they can talk about it now because it went viral. Yeah. So they're not actually verifying the information. They're not giving you any information that you uh, that they can say that here's the source and this. Is, no, but they can say, oh, this uh, particular you know article is going viral on social media, and as a result, it gets airplay on the regular media. But it is an absolute baseless piece of garbage, mm-hmm. and it happens all the time. Like, stop with the the the, the nonsense spreading. And I don't know. Do your job. Report news. Be factual. If you're going to give in any type of analysis, make sure you you show the evidence that you're supporting with it. I don't know. Just bring some civility back to the world. I guess it, it, to me, 
you know, let intellect guide and, and not this, you know, nonsense of just hate spewing bullshit. The, it, it would be great. Uh, I just don't know how we get there, though. You know what I mean? Because uh, perfect example, like CNN, the, their ratings are constantly in the gutter. You know what I mean? So if if they were doing it for ratings, you think they would switch up a little bit, but they're not. It's it's like it's there to they're there to serve a purpose and to and to um, and to pitch an agenda. You know what I mean? It's not not really there to be impartial you know you know what i mean and and you could say that for all of them i'm not you know i'm not, not just to pick on cnn they're all awful i don't know if you saw um uh, the press secretary uh McEnini, which she's awesome by the way but she 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 was you know tearing a new ass to the uh democrats on on something and the uh, uh the commentator from fox uh he just he just he cut he cuts her off um, you know, or he cut off the video, you know, the live feed to her and, you know, goes on a rant of how he doesn't know if anything she's saying could be uh, proven to be true. That's not his job. His job is to she's given a press conference. Let the press conference play. You know, you know what I mean? And then if you want to talk about it after, that's fine. But to cut her off, it's not like she was a guest on the show and he cut her off. He, mm. they, they just went into her live feed and she was talking, you know what I mean? And then he cuts off the live feed. And starts going on his own little little rant, and you know stuff like that's got to stop. Yeah, oh, and, and also who who just determines what's true or not? Because I got to tell you, they can take a lot of truthful statements, truthful facts, mm-hmm. and depending on how they've presented it or how they've clipped it out to a two second clip instead of a twenty second clip, or they've shown it out of context, the something that could be very truthful out of context is very misleading. So to me, that's just as bad as an untruth. Yeah, You're promoting it as this, and it's not. Like to me, that's where the, the, you have to have some integrity, some ethics. I know it's a, it's a crazy word, but ethics in general <laughs> needs to be brought back. You know, yeah. there needs to be some level of accountability. Like if you're going to have the truly be able to exercise the right to a free press, which is a, a constitutional right, absolutely worth it. However. You, you, if you're going to have that kind of right, with rights comes responsibilities. Mm-hmm. They need to be responsible for the exercise of that right. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that that's not even just good citizen. That's good. It, it, to me, that's an ethics and integrity issue. Now, I don't know. You can't obviously go pulling creds that you disagree with what they're saying because, you know, that's not always the case either. But there, you're right. There needs to be some level of uh, uh, some body monitoring the amount of crap coming out of these media centers and actually, you know, I don't know, hold them accountable, even if it's within their own group, mm-hmm. you know, with their own organization as a policing body it can police, you know, the, the press itself. But I, I don't know. I, to me, it, it just, it, you can see how bad it's gotten. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Do you have a few billion dollars? Maybe we can start our own network and, Oh, well, there'd be another freaking Fox or OAA or OAN. I mean, like, it, it just becomes one other tier of, uh, of bullshit spewing. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so true. But, hey, if you're going to tune into some bullshit, tune into my bullshit. Bro. Absolutely. <laughs> the best bullshit comes from Felix. <laughs> <laughs> And that being said, that's a good that's a good way to end the show. Thank you very much, Chris. Always having you on here. And, yeah, happy and, and, I, and I'm sure we're gonna be um, 
I'll have you on again soon. And thank you for the birthday wishes. Hey, hey. you're still. Oh. You know what? I I, I I crucified you last time for not delivering Arizona. So since Arizona's still on the board, you're off the hook for now. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> See you later, world. Thanks. Well, folks, that's going to be it for me today. Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, tune in next week. We'll see what else is going on. Hopefully we have better answers for you. What's going on with the election? Um, let's hope Trump has some success in the courts here. Um, I actually feel better than Chris does about his um, his uh, situation. Um, I, I do feel that he will be able to prove the voter fraud um, that occurred. And, um, you know, we'll see God, because God, God help us if, if, uh, we have, have a really have to say president elect, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, but that, that being said, um, we did pick up some seats in the house, which is great. Um, uh, Tillis was just acknowledged as the winner in North Carolina. So right now we're up 50 to 48, um, in the Senate. We still have two runoff elections that will occur in January, um, in, down in Georgia. I'm, pretty confident we're going to win both um, because <laughs> if we don't and and they get a, uh, a tie in the Senate, I mean, just imagine you're going to have, you know, God forbid we have Vice President Harris coming in to be the deciding vote in the Senate. That's, <laughs> that's not going to be good. Uh, so, you know, Georgia, get your shit together and, <laughs> and uh, you know, deliver us those two senators. All right. Uh, that being said, thanks a lot. Happy birthday to me, <laughs> and I'll talk to you next week. God bless everybody. Thank you.